Hey, this is Matt Irwin, and you're listening to Music City Gold on Penalty Box Radio. back everybody to music city gold hosted by penalty box radio happy belated thanksgiving day and happy pre-christmas because when you are listening to this episode we will be in december yeah i'm your host kyle with me is daniel hello and matt hey guys how was y'all's thanksgiving uh pretty good i'm kind of full still had a lot of turkey uh we do two italian well we do two thanksgivings one traditional and one italian so we'll have our italian thanksgiving like on saturday and we do uh Homemade uh, ravioli, lasagna, meatballs. Mm. Coming over. I know. Yeah, I'm getting really hungry. Does your mom do the uh, macaroni and cheese or the cracker crust? Yes, that's on the traditional Thanksgiving. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> one of my favorite dishes ever. With the green beans and the deep fried turkey. I'm hungry again. I know, you Thanks. can almost you can almost hear a stomach growl on mic. So. But you, Matt, how was your Thanksgiving? It was good. I uh, spent my first Thanksgiving as a newlywed with my wife's family, and it is a total culture shock because her family is huge compared to mine. I have a very small family, and, and hers is like jamming a house full of like 40 people. It's it's, it's pretty, pretty crammed. Yeah. So little, besides culture shock, we had a lot to eat, and it was a good time. So Did you keep your hand on your gun any? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All the time. Fun fact. Uh, Matt and I, well, Matt's married to one, and then I date a sister. They're, they're sisters, so we could be related eventually. That's right. A little creepy, but you know, hey, it's Thanksgiving. Keep it all in the family. Yeah, you know. My Thanksgiving wasn't too bad. I uh, went over and saw my parents. I live about a couple miles from them. My brother and sister-in-law came over with their dogs, brought my dog over too. It was a lot of fun. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Was it totally fun? Because we get a text message about middle of the way through Thanksgiving and this poor man does not have dessert. What yes. family does this? They do not bring dessert for uh, for Thanksgiving. <laughs> so the story behind that is a couple of years ago, I lost about 30 pounds doing keto, which if you don't know what keto is, it's basically torturing yourself with mm-hmm. low carb, no sugar diet. And my brother, who is um, trying to lose weight, has done a what I called a medical starvation diet. <laughs> gained it back and he said I want to try keto so he's been doing it and he's lost about 10 12 pounds so far but because he was doing keto we decided to not really do desserts for Thanksgiving because he has a, a, a tree nut allergy so any good dessert that requires like peanuts walnuts oh any sort of good tree nut was out so we had no dessert I feel like there's keto friendly yeah, non nut there's plenty desserts. of non there's plenty of oh there's on Pinterest now that you can get Food Network, you know, come on. But it requires a lot of preparation. You're like, I really don't want to do that much preparation to make that because it's all got to be special and the ingredients cost more. Like almond flour compared to regular flour, it's like a $4 difference. Yeah. Yeah. And that adds up after a while. Well, it's better than preparation age. So you can't bake with that almond flour. We do that some, some of that too. Some it of just that keto comes diet. the consistency. It just does, does not work. You yeah. cannot bake on a keto diet. Well, after Thanksgiving, I decided to take Daniel's advice and go see Thor Ragnarok, which, Boom. dude, that was amazing. Good I call. laughed so much during that movie. It's freaking hilarious. Have you seen it yet, Matt? No, I haven't. You need to. I love how it was like just enough seriousness yeah. and then just enough craziness. But to me, the star that stood out in that movie was Jeff Goldblum. He was hilarious. He always plays those quirky roles. They I think it's just him by nature because yeah, I was yeah. like, I think they really just said, hey, Jeff, come play in yourself. here. Yeah, do this role, play yourself. That's what it was. It was it was refreshing compared to the other two Thor movies. I don't know. I'll, I'll put it like that. No spoilers, but just totally different vibe altogether. Yes, I did like how they gave uh, Hulk, and this really isn't spoiling it because you saw the trailers, Hulk talks. And you really get a glimpse of, too, actually the Hulk side of the Bruce Banner Hulk persona. It's almost, for the last couple movies, it's always been Bruce, Bruce, Bruce. Now you get to see Hulk being the like the primary star and Bruce being the cameo. Other than that, um, this week we did a couple more Nash Prep Hockey, Matt and I did. A lot of fun. We're about, I'd say, probably almost going into midway through the season. Yeah. December will be midway. A lot of good teams, a lot of good games. 
I covered the Father Ryan versus Centennial Page game on Monday night, and that was the first game I've been to. It was a tie. Well, that is strange because I do remember the rules are different for the high school. So that I guess that's one with the shots on goal, correct? Mm-hmm. That's a little different variation. You know, another one we found out the other day was that when they ice the puck, they can change their players. Yep. They're not subjected to staying on the ice like the pros are. Is that just to keep, I don't know, Keeps the game uh, wear, flowing. And, wear and tear on younger athletes down? Because I know like Little League World Series per se, they have a very strict pitch count limit for yeah. um for their pitchers because they don't want their arms blown out by the time they get you know i think i don't think it's so much as that is is trying to have mercy on the younger teams that that aren't as skilled with their players so if it's all they can do to clear the puck then let's maybe get some other kids that maybe their first or second line that can do a little better job i think it's more of a mercy rule but i kind of like it so it's an interesting rule and i will say um if you hear any cheering tonight we are once again recording live <laughs> during the game we just started this podcast during the second year mission of the Chicago Preds game, and Nashville's currently up 2-1. 2-1. Let's not jinx it, but looking okay. Looking not a lot of so penalties far. tonight. Surprising. Both sides. It's uh, two power plays for the Blackhawks, one for us. So uh, both teams can't score on that. Seem to be better 5-on-5 five five tonight. Both teams have possessed fairly well 5-on-5. Five five, so we'll see where we end up. We'll keep updating you. I hope we get the win. I really do. Well, because you know, I, I hope we get that <laughs> win too, Kyle. <laughs> well, speaking of wins, let's look at some of our previous games that we've uh, been. I know since we last left, uh, last podcast, we were in the middle of the Capitals and Preds game, and which ended up being in a win. So Correct. we kind of briefly talked about that. Kyle, do you have anything else you wanted to add about that one? Nope. We got the win. <laughs> man, a man of many words tonight, man. I hope we win. Look, got to win. That's, I'm a little that, tired. That's your that's your beloved Capitals, Kyle. We slayed them. We did. What do you got to say about it? That's why he's not too Yeah, he, he has nothing. Yeah, go on to the next uh, yeah. uh, game, and he'll have plenty <laughs> to talk about. He's like, what? Yeah. I will say, after the um, Capitals game, we took a nice little road trip up to the state of hockey, which if you don't know what the state of hockey is, it's Minnesota. Minnesota. <laughs> As they say up there, let's do that hockey. Oh, man. <laughs> so, yeah, so it was a pretty good game. Well, for the first two periods. So, oh, man. The Preds just opened the game up. One goal right off the bat. And then uh, we get another goal in the second period. And then another goal in the second. That was uh, Ekholm's shorthanded goal, which was just a beauty. Mm-hmm. Ekholm yeah. was going on tear, which we'll talk about a little oh, bit yeah. through this time. Joey got the first period goal. Yossi got the second period. Ekholm got that third period goal. Then we kind of, in true Preds fashion, left our foot off the gas. The Wild come back and get two goals. And then we the had... The wheels fall off. Literally, that's what it was. I, it was I mean, like the somebody... wheels fell off. I was watching this game live. I, were you here? I yeah. I was so... I was like throwing stuff because I'm like, you could literally see them once they scored that fourth goal in the third and it's four to two. We're like, oh yeah, we got it, baby. We're just going to coast on in to the finish line. And then, you know, as as we're uh, arms are stretched out, about to cross the banner. Nope. Two guys come past us. Not even one guy. I, I couldn't even believe it. Like this ridiculous. Four goals. Yeah. Four, four goals, goals in the third period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that killed our five game streak we had. Hey, but a good note. I mentioned this last episode. That first goal came in under a minute from my boy Johansson. That's his first goal of the year after yeah, I was harping huge on goal. He it. Yeah. Huge goal. Bar down, too. Yeah. He, he And since then, we'll talk more, he's he's stepping up the production. I think he now has three goals yeah. as of tonight. So And he's looking really good in this. The Jofa line's looking real good in the Blackhawks game so far. So despite the loss, that's going to stand out to me and blowing the lead, but whatever. And I will say the good takeaway I had from this, too, is that we uh, we canceled Dubnik's shutout. Because before then, that's he, right. had, he had back he had to back. Games. Sh- yeah. yeah or, he had three shots in a row. That's incredible. Granted, though, a little side note look at our penalty minutes through that game. <laughs> yeah, that was stupid. 333 penalty minutes. We're still that's, on first, baby, in one category. Yeah, that's <laughs> on <up>, strong. <laughs> that's of today. Oh. 333 that's so minutes bad. before the game tonight. And McLeod, 20%, 20% now. Roughly 20% of our penalty. He's penalties. down 40%. Well, that's probably because we've sat him yeah. the last several games. So, yeah, that was it. Whatever. Lost game. Then we come back for a homestand with Colorado and got to see Samuel Gerard make his uh, yeah. quote-unquote homecoming. Yeah. 
No uh, Kamenev, though. Yeah, Still no Kamenev. <laughs> that yeah, yeah poor guy. I feel I, bad for him. Dude, like, talk about some rotten luck. You get traded. You have to move, uproot yourself, go halfway across the country, get there, first game, boom, broken arm. And you want to know who broke his arm? Capitals. <laughs> What does that tell you about your team, Kyle? They're a bunch of dirty, <laughs> dirty players over there. It was a clean hit. Oh, I can't, sure it yeah, was. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I can't remember the guy that actually hit him, but when I was watching the replay, he literally was just like ran him over. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was bad. He gets up. He's holding his arm. It's like, oh yeah, you can just definitely tell from the way he's holding it. It's broke. You knew. And this is why we can't have good things, Colorado. We give you something and you <laughs> break it instantly. Instantly. Anyway, let's talk about that game. Well, you mentioned his broken arm. Something else we that was very indicative in this game too. We took twenty-seven penalty minutes, and somehow won because the Avalanche proved that their they power play sucked. is. And somehow they went zero for seven on their power play. They went zero for seven. So which, it really doesn't give you a whole lot of incentive to not take penalties if they're not going to make you pay for it. Well, our PK was doing well the whole night. Thank yeah. God they showed up because the people committing the crimes were in the box the entire time. Might as well have had a little apartment set up because I, I couldn't believe it. The first period, I think we were in for over half the period. Yeah. Oh, my God. Half the period. Because uh, the NHL, they do that little watch the game live you know, notification when there happens to be a penalty. And I got it like seven or eight times. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. what is going on? And, of course, all of them were the Preds. Sitting there on my phone, it's legal. Bzz, penalty. Bzz, penalty. I was like, oh, my gosh, guys, stop it. Stop taking penalties. That's the one thing that kills me about this team is – Yes, we're doing really good, but we've become so undisciplined. But at least they couldn't capitalize on the power play, but we got two power play goals ourselves, so that was nice. Well, our power play is smoking hot at home. Oh, it's smoking. I, I don't understand why, but what are we at right now for home power play? It's something ridiculous. I want to say I it's like check. up to 40 or 50 percent at home. It, it's insane levels right now. Yeah. But let's talk about the shocker of this game. And that was Emmeline got an assist. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. He did I'm surprised something. he's still playing after you burned him to the AHL last last uh, podcast. No, burn, I, burn I him burned him to the ECHL. <laughs> <laughs> Threw him all the way down. Burn him at the stake. And that leads to a real quick note. Uh, if you didn't know today, the Predators killed, literally killed their affiliation with their ECHL affiliate, the Norfolk Admirals. No idea why, just Happened today to be like, you know what? We're no longer with them. Okay. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of details given. No. I read the article. It was only like a paragraph long. It wasn't very I, I think descriptive. we'll be able to provide more of an update next episode. It just it seemed really weird and just kind of like, oh, as a brief side note, uh, we broke up with our EHL team today. Um, okay, and moving on, we have a game against the Blackhawks. Well, it was weird because the, the Milwaukee Admirals had to call their people back that the uh, Norfolk had because once they broke it, the uh, the A- the AHL admirals could no longer work with them, so uh, Daniel Lavender said that players that were on loan are kind of going to Atlanta to their ECHL team, which is the Atlanta Gladiators, hmm. until they can figure out what to do with them. Okay. Anyway, back to the the Colorado game. Somehow we win. Yeah, we win despite you all know, the penalties. Tons of goals here. Yeah, goals by Smith Yossi, in the first period. Potato Ekholm, yep. RV. I mean, it was just it was crazy. What I like to see, though, is the secondary line is starting to get scoring and getting more um, assists. Points galore. Kyle Turris is a great part of that. Oh, yeah. We will talk more about that we later will, for sure. And that leads us to game two of the homestand, which was Winnipeg. And this was big probably game. like the biggest game of the series that that's happened since outside of tonight's game against Chicago. If you have not been keeping up with the standings, the Preds are literally in a standings race with Winnipeg for second place. We just keep leapfrogging each other all the time. Of course, no everyone's trying to catch the Blues because you know they are somehow still the division and league best right now. Um, not to spoil anything for later conversations, but the Central is ridiculous right now. Just looking at the spread compared to some of the other divisions and how competitive they are at the top, I, I mean, it's insane right now. We'll talk more later, but... And going into this... It's going to um, be a long season for the Central. That's that's all I got to say. Yeah, it's going to be a super long season. I'm not going to spoil because I got something about that later too. But going in back into the game against Winnipeg, goals galore again. Nashville firmly had this game in their control. 
you know, first period goals by Fiala. Joey gets a second period goal. Tourist comes back around with another second period goal. Ekholm gets another goal in with Tourist as an assist. Yeah, by Turris the way, and, assist. and then Menino wraps it up with a third period goal. But then we get right down to it, and Nashville once again lets their foot off the gas. Mm-hmm. Let's Winnipeg get uh, three goals. And at that point, I was worried that we were going to blow a lead because Nashville, the season has a huge yeah. history of blowing leads. I started getting PTSD on the the <laughs> the uh, wild game. I'm like, oh my god, it's a f- literally a flashback. I was at a practice. And I was driving home from Nashville while this game was happening. And I was starting to get so mad in the car on the way home because I'm like, oh, my God, they scored two real quick. And one was a weird, I mean, just kind of chipped it at the goal and it went in. And I'm like, if we let them come back, I'm going to be so mad because we've been preaching it since, you know, yeah, since the ever. wild game. But even in other games that we've crumbled, uh, Flames in particular, hurt. Uh, third periods just have not been good for us. I year. was leaving the uh, Ford Ice Center during that game, and I one television screen, Fred scored, awesome. Literally not out of the building. Go to the next television screen, Jet score. It's like really, and then I decided I was really upset at that point because I was like, they're gonna let it happen, and I just didn't listen to the game on the way home because I was like, I don't want to get upset. Nevertheless, we pull the win out. Yeah, one thing I've been noticing coming into that game, we had been outshot six out of seven games coming into that game, and that's something that we got outshot again that game, and then a few games later after that. That's just a recurring thing I've been noticing. We've been getting outshot, so it's really incredible. The quality of our scoring chances have been great in order for us to get the win. I would like to see us put up more shots than them. I don't like to see us losing in that in that stat category, but it was nice that we got the win despite that. And another positive to take away from that was this was, I believe this was the game that we first saw Ryan Ellis skating before uh, before the game in practice. Yes, and all the Preds Twitter and Facebook and the Preds universe rejoiced because our baby boy is almost back. <laughs> it certainly was good to see him on the ice. I know he probably won't be playing until, you know, we're still probably a month away from that, but just to see that he's at least getting a step farther into the recovery and, and getting on the ice and working out those muscles and all that jazz. Well, he was actually doing some like drills and carving some. I was actually surprised at how well he was moving, which is a good sign because if they can start working him now and getting his legs strength built back up, by the time we reinsert him into the lineup, he's not going to look slow yeah. or like having to kind of come back, kind of like what PK was last year. Kind of got in the lineup, took him a month to really get his legs back after that back injury. So I'm pretty excited about that. Quick update, Preds are on the power play because Kane punches or literally cross-checks Fiala straight into the face. Surprise. Surprise. You Shopping. know, he got banned. Well, not banned. He got a, I think it was a $5,000 fine on the CBA for last night's game that he played against the Ducks because he slashed the player leaving the ice. Well, he's at it again tonight. I think he's just mad. So one takeaway we did take from this game, Preds were, like you said, much more disciplined. Freddie Gujara got recalled. Uh, didn't play, which was odd. But, um, yeah, it was pretty much it. So now we get to the last game of the homestand, and that was Shea Weber's new team, Montreal Canadiens. The came return in the town. of Shea, but not, not really. Because <laughs> he didn't play. Because what do you know? He's injured. And, guys, guess who the guess who the goal for that night was? It wasn't Carey Price. It was League Wanderer, Anti-Namey. Yeah. And I was like, are you serious? Because... Nashville has this ability to make backup goaltenders, especially really bad ones, look better than they are. And that was the case through this game because it went all the way to a shootout because somehow Naomi found his goalie legs, which he's been missing all season and all last season. One would say he did not waver. (laughs) (laughs) Got him. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually something we have been playing a lot of backup goalies. I know Adam Vinyan made mention of that earlier today on Twitter. He said, that this is the sixth time in 13 games in November that we've faced a backup goalie. Well, yeah, because all the teams are coming off back-to-backs. Yeah. So I'm not complaining. I'm not either. I'd like to go against a backup goalie. That's maybe one of the reasons we've had such a successful November. I I don't know. Some of these backup goalies have been putting up decent nights against us. I mean, even if you think about it, Hutton, which jumping ahead a little bit, only gave up one, one goal, and that was the game. Pretty much. I mean, so you can't fault some of these backup goalies. They're playing well. It's just, you know, 
we just happen to be barely getting by, yeah. you know. We'll take it. We'll take the small advantage when, when they present themselves for sure. Boom. Score. By the captain. Roman Our captain Yossi. scored? Three to yes. one. Turned around just to see it in time. Heck yeah. Go captain. That was Go a captain, bomb. my captain. That was a bomb. Anyway. So one cool thing about this game was guess who didn't play? Shea Weber? Cody McLeod. Oh. Yeah, we've been sitting him. <laughs> Is there is there a reason why we've been sitting him? Hmm. Maybe could it he, be? They got tired of him. Put, they got tired of him because you know what, Matt? Last week he took it literally when you said he had an office and he was literally putting like a plant in there at this point in a desk. Yeah. I will say, uh, going into overtime, I was glad that we were finally doing better. We we're only three. We've only gotten three overtime points, meaning we've had three actual losses. Yeah. Compared to last season, this time which was terrible. And Kyle Turris got our shootout goal. Oh, man. And it was a nice one, too. It was pretty. Um, once again, I thought we should have not lapsed in the third again. But we did. We whiffed, RV whiffed on that open net, which yeah. is hilarious because wide open net misses it. Kind of jumping ahead to the next game. Yeah. St. Louis was it, no, thing. sorry, not St. Louis. It was yeah. the game. Uh, was it St. Louis? Saint Louis. Yeah. It was St. Louis. Where he literally dangles the crap out of a puck, puts it in between his own legs, screens him with his body, blows around the defender like nothing, undresses him on the ice, and then literally top shelves it over the goalie, upper 90. I'm like, dude, hit the open net. You need to take some yeah. open net practice. If you don't have a defender on him, he, he can't do nothing. Yeah, he I don't know. know how to do it with no defense. He's like, I have to have five on five yeah. and a full goalie with pads Because he's in front so of me. used to people being around him. Like, he's just a magnet. He draws it's a, people. Yeah, he is. But it's like a mental thing with him. It's like, my God. I'm like, you just snipe. But it's funny watching when net. he skates and literally he'll go through people and it's like, oh, you've got two defenders and three forwards on the ice. Oh, guess what? All five are going to go to this one guy. But because once again, we let off the gas, we and did. we missed that point. We wavered just a little bit. Montreal got a freak bounce in the uh, last waning minutes to tie it up. And like I said, we go to the shootout. We look better in overtime. Shootout, we won, of course. That's a big side note. I can't believe how much we've been possessing on three-on-three. Three. That is huge. Mind blown. We're not, we're, well, we're not pushing the puck either. Like, it... it before we'd be like push, 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 and then all of a sudden we get caught with our pants half down, and there's two or three people going back the other way, and there's only one defender, and it'll be like pass, 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 left, right, pet can't get over to the right in time or can't get over to the left, hammered right in the back of the net. That's how our overtime went every single time last year. This year, we're playing man to man, no triangle. Eh, there's still a little bit of a triangle, but not as much. Not as much. Possession is up. We're winning face-offs and three-on-three. It's looking up, but takeaway was Kyle freaking Turris just burying that, that home winner, I love baby. this man. That home winner. Speaking of Kyle Turris, I want to share something today that the NBC put out there, and they called it the Kyle Turris effect. And you can find this on NHL NBC uh, Twitter account. So before acquiring Kyle Turris, the Preds had 2.67 goals per game average and the power play was at 21 percent after we acquired tourists and this is after eight games guys only eight games goals now are 3.88 that's that's mind-boggling and the power plays went from 21 to 37 (laughs) percent it's called puck movement puck possession and you have almost two first lines Mm -hmm. so when you get that possession and you get people trapped and we've seen it. We'll get people trapped, and we'll start subbing in one or two players at a time from that second line. I don't know if you started noticing that on some of those, because you'll get these weird matchups online where you're like, "Why are they all out?" Not well. It's almost like a full freaking six six players that are first liners. I mean, it's insane. Uh, even also, the power play. That power play unit looks fantastic too. Yes, it does. Puck movement everywhere. It's like what is it? Ekholm, Turris, Yossi. Sissons and Fiala? I think it is. They've been killing it. I mean, you've got Ekholm quarterback in that, that unit. Oh, he, he's been launching them from the point, too. With traffic in front of the net, Sissons has been getting in front of the net. 
Turris isn't afraid to go to the net, but his, the biggest thing for him right now is that passing. He's opening up so much because we have two fast wingers. You have a left and right winger, Fiala and uh, Smith, that Smith. are so fast right now, and Turris is fast, so it plays right into his style of play. So he's able to make these longer p- stretch passes or passing it a little further than he used to be able to because he has a stupid fast player with him. I mean, like, Fiala is fast. So... It's been interesting to see them form that chemistry, and it's only going to get better as the season goes on. So, crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, it seems like their chemistry is really working together, and they're having fun on the ice. Something I noticed, this was in this Montreal game, things started kind of to heat up there because we were getting tired, you know, we're going to overtime, and this is when there was a scrum in front of Pekka's, uh, in front of Pekka's net, and Pekka shoved somebody down to the ice. I think he later kind of admitted it's like he said he's sorry to the player because he's he's usually not the guy that's get called up in the emotions but uh the point I wanted to mention about having fun on the ice was that picker I mean uh PK started to play a little bit of a mind game and called I think it was Galchenyuk short and so they got in a bit of a scrum and he tore his helmet off of PK and after yeah. the game he was getting interviewed about it he said yeah I called, I called him, him short, short. And, yeah <laughs> and he was laughing about it just having a good time so it's fun to rib your old teammates like that yeah I mean it, that's kind of interesting because he knows kind of what buttons to yeah, push yeah. for him. So he's like, you know, I might get a little jab in here on on an old teammate. But it it was interesting seeing Peck uh, get heated like that because he's yeah. he's normally even keel. Um, when when Pekka strikes, it's almost like, oh god, like what what do we do? And then he's uh, such like a gentle giant. Yeah. And you think about this man could literally end your life. <laughs> he's on a the big ice. dude. That's a big. Finish netminder because I've as seen my him dear mad. Friend Stu would have oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting seeing him mad and seeing him take his stick and just whack it a couple times and break it. I'm like, okay, you know, you're upset. And I'm like, I don't want to talk to you, dude. My one of my favorite peck moments was when we were getting eliminated, um, in the shark series, which I loved that series. That was one of my favorites. Love both teams, but when he knew it was over, like he turned around and just destroyed that stick on that post and he knew and he just broke it in half threw it up against the boards and sat on the bench and afterwards like as peck is the last two years in particular that post game is like so emotional with peck where he's like you don't you don't know how many opportunities you're gonna get yeah and when you know you're out you don't see that emotion from him often and when you do you're like dang Feel bad for him. It's yeah. not feel bad. It's just like that guy loves hockey. Yeah. Well, that's the culmination of hockey. all things you've worked for that year or two. Yeah. And he loves the sport. And he's just a good guy to begin with. So it's nice seeing the emotion occasionally from the general giant. And one, before we switch games, we mentioned that Kyle Turris effect. This is when I had also wrote down that this stat, since the trade, the teams had played, uh, both players had played five games each, Turris and Duchesne. And Turris had five points. And Duchesne had zero points at this point in time. So I like the way that headed. We had five points. Duchesne had done. Looks like we won that trade as far as assimilating that player into our system to start. Pretty great start for Turris. And uh, if you think about it, the uh, shootout goal doesn't count as a point right. or a goal on nope. the stat sheet, but it's significant. Yeah. It is not. <laughs> it, it, that's one of those stats that I don't know why we don't count them or do it like a side counter. Does that make sense? Because like... It's weird because if you win the shootout, if you win overtime or shootout, it actually goes as an actual win column. It, well, and it goes as a goal. So if you notice, like say we're three three, it'll put four three shootout win. But I then when you argue, look at the point stat, it doesn't show. Yeah, it doesn't give you the point. So I'm arguing that maybe you should keep track of like a goals and shootouts kind of you know deal just to see where people stack up because I mean that's significant that's that's clutch right there oh definitely which I like you know I like clutch so for sure well you know what was clutch going in the St. Louis game oh man and you know who showed up big time Carter Hutton mm, he did show up pretty well I was about to say Jake Allen but they decided to not play Allen which is interesting we were talking about this before we started recording the Blues seem to think that Hutton is the best goalie to play Against the Preds constantly. He's the key to beating the Predators. <laughs> it doesn't matter. This team is not the kind of team that Hutton played played with two years ago. But every time they're like, oh, Preds coming to town? It's not a playoff series? Hey, Huts, you're going to get the face your old team. And he's just like, guys, I don't know this team anymore. doesn't matter. Get out there and play them. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're a lot different. Like, drastically different. Just with our player trades 
our system. Traffic in front of the net, that's totally different. I mean, God, not used to that. The team is totally night and day difference. It's interesting that we got a shutout against this team because I actually hate watching games between St. Louis and Nashville because they're always so sluggish, they're so slow, they're so defensive. You can kind of just like put the game on record and just commentate as you go because you know what's going to happen. So I was glad we got the shutout. Um, Joey got a goal. Watson got the third period goal. And we everyone got a donut. And they made their dads happy <laughs> because that was the start of the Preds' dad trip. Oh, yeah, that's right. I totally forgot that uh, that they were doing that. <laughs> but the odd thing was we didn't get a single power play this game. That's right. really strange considering how slack the rules have, or, well, not slack. How the rules, strict. How strict the rules have gotten on slashing and, and I mean, just, I don't know. It's it, it was almost mind-boggling that we didn't have a penalty. But, yeah, so, okay, Biggie, we won. Um, that was now four points we've won in our division since we last recorded, which are two, which I'm starting out with two, but four big, huge points. If we get tonight's game, that's another two we're going to get. So that's six points in our division we've picked up. Then we get to probably one of my least favorite teams to play, which is my bubble team. <laughs> They're popping. They are definitely popping. Something's popping, not in a good way. So when I tell you that we play the Carolina Hurricanes, what's the first thing you think about? Mm. Uninteresting. Justin Williams. Justin Williams, uninteresting. Boring. This is like one of these games that I feel like the team plays simply because they have to get it out of the way. One of the guys that we follow on Twitter, Mostradamus, who's part of the Predneck Nation group, um, he goes to this game every year, and he always commentates about it during the game. And every time he's been to it recently, he's always mentioned about how like the seats are empty. And someone had a picture of the game, and it's like, true, it's a noon game. Yeah, It's a Sunday. There's no traffic, and your arena is, I would say, maybe half full at the most. It was right after Thanksgiving, though. I'll give it a little break, but A little still. break, but man, you got 11,000 people in an arena that can seat almost 20,000 people. So, takeaway from this game, Preds, you know, lose in the shootout. Backup goaltender. We put in Soros. Our defense looks garbage again. I don't, well, I, I don't. they played well, but they they played well, but I felt like they were, once again, not worried about it. And update, Chicago just scored a goal, so now it's 3-2. Great. Ten minutes left. So, yeah, there's that. So, yeah, boring game. Got through the games. We did. So that leads us, of course, into the game tonight. And one interesting thing we were talking about before is Robert Luongo is now the second goalie to record 200 wins with two teams. That's right. That's a crazy high number. Joining company of Patrick Waugh. Yeah. That, that, I mean, just to think about that, to be able to get 200 wins on two separate teams, you've been around the league a long time. Yeah. And though he might be... Out of his prime, I have to admit he is definitely one of the most tenured and or decorated goalies of for all sure. time. I, I mean, he will be in the NHL Hall of Fame for sure. Joins Carey Price because I think Price will be in the Hall of Fame one day too. And it was glad to see him back at his old self now that he's back from injury. Oh, yeah. He's been kicking butt he, since he came dude, back. Dude, he had an out. amazing <laughs> save the other night. I don't know how he did it. The feed show him he's basically post up in the crease. Puck's coming to his right. He barely moves to the right. It quickly shoots back to the left. He has just enough time to reach over, lift his leg up, and get that puck off his left pad. Brings it back down and stops the rebound, all in the space of, like, five seconds. I had to watch it several times because, like, did he just do that? Yes, he just did that. So I'm saying, bye, Naomi. You're about to get shipped back somewhere else. Yeah. It seems to be kind of the week of the goalies because uh, – Bobrovsky leads the goalies in the league with a .93 save percentage and a 1.9 goals against. But also, last night, Matt Murray got injured and is on like week-to-week basis. So they had to recall Casey DeSmith from the AHL. What happened to Murray? Not that any Predswick fans will care about. He but. got <laughs> ran into and got like, Didn't he back into a post yeah. or something? That's usually how most goaltenders end up getting <laughs> – they get caught in between or get stretched out too far because that post doesn't move occasionally or at the bottom anyways towards yeah. the base and then players running into them. That's usually the other one that you see. 
Yeah. Either go on a fast breakaway. So those dangerous breakaways, yeah, where they where they fall into the goalie and, and hurt them. So that typical lower body injury there. So. Yeah, I see here that we've got a uh, Bob. I call him Bob because I just heard to call him Bob. He's gonna. Or can you pronounce it? Bob Broski. <laughs> oh, good uh, job. Close. How's it's it? Bob Broski. Yeah. Bob Broski. Anyways, Thank you, Bob <laughs> has a .93 save percentage and only 1.92 goals against, which is pretty good. And our boy Rene has a .927 with 2.31 goals against, so he's right up there with him. That's excellent. Do you say so far that Rene is a candidate for the Vesna? No. Uh, I don't think he will be this year. I, I mean, he's still putting this up, year. He's putting up strong numbers. But he's not going to get it. I think no. Borowski is he's up like, top. Although his numbers are good, he's like fifth or sixth on the list of in both categories. He's not at the top, and I don't expect him to be. He's playing very well, and we appreciate that, but nah. He's not the top two or three. Well, cool deal. I think that leads us into our top five takeaways for the month of November. That is our top five. Good job. Good call, Kyle. I'm sorry. I'm just cut. I have no, cut. no. You can't cut it now. We we don't oh, cut. Keep it. it rolling. Keep it rolling, as you said last week. Oh, Dropping the puck. What is it, Matt? We're all human. We all make mistakes. <laughs> anyway, Kyle, top five takeaways from November. What do you got at number five? All right. Well, my number five top takeaway, and this is for our audience. This is all local team and league wide. So my number five is. Vegas continues to shine. Yeah. Despite all the difficulties, this team literally fits the mantra of Vegas because of all of the luck they're having right now. <laughs> Four goalies, and yet they lead the Pacific. And, and they on, are in a playoff position. And it seems Subban's coming back. And then on top of it, Murray's coming back, and they've still been winning without him. Mind blown. Mind blown. <laughs> I mean, Murray or Flurry? Flurry. Flurry. Say, you said Murray. You know what's crazy? Is they both play for the same team. Flurry, Murray. Flurry, whatever. Murray. Anyway, yes, correct. So, I'm just excited because I'm also glad to see that Malcolm Zubin's doing really well. He's been killing it despite all the odds, but he will be benched as soon as Flurry No. I mean, Flurry will come back. Zubin will be back up. Then we'll send Lagasse and um, Dance Party back down to the Wolves. <laughs> you think? Actually, ironically enough, he had the first shutout in franchise history. Doesn't matter. He'll go straight back to the Chicago Wolves when they get all healthy. It's almost comical, really, the goaltender roulette there. Uh, just shocker, number five was Vegas for me as well. Nice. Because they're number one in the Pacific, which, granted, the Pacific is down this year. They do not look. I don't care. They, I don't don't care. Look, they don't look good, but that. Being that first look, in the division. First in the division, and it's not just a small sample size. We are almost. I think they're about to play their 23rd game tomorrow. Yeah. They're 23 games in the season, and they're leading the division. They're over the Kings, who were smoking hot. Who were being hot, yeah. What is going on? Salary cap era, man. Hold on. And then it gets even better. So, hold on. Can you imagine them winning the Pacific Division? Why not? Let them do it. I mean, at this rate, I'm a little shocked. I don't know who I'm more shocked over, Golden Knights or the Oilers. <laughs> that said, oh, Matt's Matt's face right now. Hey, I like the Oilers, but they are they're sucking right now. There's no there's no way around it. They do not look like happy players on the ice. Hey, Matt, that's what happens when you tie up ten million dollars in two players. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the Vegas Golden Knights, they look happy. They look fun. They look loose. Their Twitter account is rocking. If you don't follow yeah, that, go follow are. that now because they are lighting it up, of course, because they're number one in the Pacific. They have defied all odds despite the, the injuries, despite everything. And to be honest, I could not be any happier for them because we were the underdogs. Once upon a time, we were the underdogs, and it's nice to see another uh, recent team, you know, franchise team, do well and I'm not going to lie, it looks like they're going to the, make the playoffs. I can't believe it. I cannot believe it because our preseason predictions have all crumbled down. we got to do that. 
at the end of the regular season, we got to go back and listen to our preseason predictions and then see what we got wrong and what we got right. Because oh, I think we will literally be completely all wrong. All right, well, let's not blow your stack on the Knights just yet because we got a few more numbers to go. I took, uh, for my number th- five, I took a theme from Kyle this week. I actually did a theme. I, all of my numbers are going to be a different team, so I'm going to talk about five different teams. You mentioned how Vegas leads Pacific. I'm going to swing it over to the Atlantic for a minute and talk about my boys, the Detroit Red Wings, for a second. Who they are second? third in the Atlantic. That's oh, not too sorry. bad. That's not too bad. They're doing pretty good. They're in a playoff they're right. spot currently. They're, they're, doing, spot. Right. they're yeah. doing pretty good. I'm surprised. They're above the Bruins and uh, a couple well, that's others. That's not saying much. Well, yeah, <laughs> no. Some other teams who you would think Detroit should be at the bottom while they're not quite. They're third in the Atlantic. They got 25 points. Uh, they're on a the last ten games. They're on a four two and four. So just kind of hovering around the eh, mediocre. Yeah, but hey, that's better than what, what we thought they were going to be. So I'm impressed. Uh, Dylan Larkin and Anthony Mantha have been showing out for them. So I have to talk about Detroit. That's who I am. So <laughs> hey, you got to at number five. So. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, it's my number four, and we talked about it earlier. In fact, we just kind of went all over it. But I call it the tourist effect. Yeah. Just because, how good is this guy? Comes in, everyone's like, Duchesne's better, Turris is, you know, whatever. Put him in the second line. Now we have two first lines that can literally interchange out. Teams don't know how to play against them. And he makes Fiala and Smith look so much better. I think he, I think at some points he probably exaggerates their ability just because he's that good of a player. Like, I would love to see, and I actually will probably go do this after this episode is look at Fiala and Smith's shot rate uh, pre-Turris and post-Turris. Yeah. It's got to be way up. I know Fiala's been drawing a lot more penalties because he's been getting those better passes into the zone entry, so he's using that speed to try to get around. But it makes you wonder. No dump and chase. Yeah, too. no dump yeah. and chase. What do you know? Yeah, the very D- difficult zone entry. What? But this makes you this makes you uh, think about, everyone was all about Duchesne. What other players out there in the league that people just fawn over actually overshadow players who are just as good or maybe better than them. Okay, Kyle. My number four was the winner of the three-way trade, so I'm just going to segue into that. Go ahead. Matt danced on it, too. Look at the production of Duchesne versus Turris at this point. We have the stats down to back up. This is not just a, oh, it's a one or two game thing. Oh, he did well the opening night. No, we've played five, six, seven games as of this one now, and he's looking fantastic. We have obviously come out on top of again. How good does Poyle look? He looks amazing. How good he does is a Poyle wizard. Look? Wizard of the year candidate, along with Gandalf, maybe Dumbledore. Wow, he's up there. It's insane because he's getting these deals, and we're signing long-term contracts too. It's not like oh, we're, well, he's going to be gone next year. You know, we get to build that chemistry, unlike the stars, which clean shop every single year. But on top of the tourists being tourists, how happy do you think Fiala and Smith are right now? I bet they're insanely happy. Oh, yeah. It makes a difference to have a player that's of that skill level playing on your line. Yeah, I mean, you're wanting the opportunity to play with someone skilled like that, and then now you have the opportunity right at home on top of being young, and you're getting someone who you know is fast too and wants to play like that. And eventually, once they get their chemistry up, I, I don't know. It's insane right now. We almost have two front lines. I don't even know what's happening. We're scoring three to four goals a game, which is so unpreds-like. It's it's just... I love it. The, I want some more of it. We were definitely the winners of the three-way trade. So far. I, I mean, hands down. Kalmanev gets a broken arm, whatever. I think Colorado will make out even better than the Senators in this situation. But hands down, we're the winner. Poyle looks like a wizard. Yeah, he certainly fits into our system. So that brings me to my number four, and that is the Edmonton Oilers need to pull it together. I ha- okay, I had that on my list, and I scratched it off because I knew by your reaction of the frowny face <laughs> on the Golden Knights and Oilers comment that you were going to hash it out. Oh, yeah. You I have talk to ask, about before it. you get into this, did you listen to the uh, PDO cast about the Oilers lately? Yeah, yeah. 
I listened to it today, actually. I yep. figure it's where yep. you're going with this. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yep. So, yeah, there's just so much to say. They're 29th in the league. And what was funny, it was the picture I sent you guys the other day. It had, from oh last year's God. entry it draft. so good. <laughs> it had, it had uh, Connor McDavid standing next to Jack Eichel and Dylan Strom, who were all given one, two, and three with their hands because that's how they went in the draft. And they were the bottom three and teams. Don't, yeah, steal my thunder. They are the, currently <laughs> the bottom three teams, 29, 30, and 31 is the uh, uh, the Oilers, the Sabres, and then the Coyotes. So they definitely need to pull it together. The other two, yeah, I can see them at the bottom, but hey, listen, I picked the Oilers to win the Stanley Cup this year. So <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot riding on this for Matt They need right to pull now. it together, that's I'm, for sure. Matt, the Oilers are four points ahead of the Sabres right now. <laughs> there <laughs> only, is hope. Only five points ahead of the ever-so-dangerous Coyotes. <laughs> yeah it's bad it's bad i'm clipping bad oh man yeah the only bad thing about the oilers right now is they're they're garbage but the good part is that currently the way they're playing you always like to ride to the game with the oilers fans because they get to park in the handicap spot oh, <laughs> man. wow deep birds <laughs> got them yes four five and one in their last 10 games they need to pull it together oh my god really four five and one mm-hmm. well i think that's, that's like, a that's like painful to Oh man! And, but you got two players eating that salary cap up, just munching it up. And what are they doing? Well, Cam Talbot well, needs to well, pull it together. Well, they got some well. injuries. Yeah. Oh. oh. All right, Kyle, take us away. All right. Well, I'm going to swing us back to the Central, and just to make the point that the Central is once again proven is the most difficult division to play in. Last week, Chicago was at the bottom. <laughs> of the standings. Yeah. Makes my heart happy. They are now currently fourth with a win. But their point totals would put them in like easily second or third in other divisions. No. That just shows you how difficult this this central division is. Because everyone was talking about the Metro last year and it's like, oh well, we're showing that I think the standings of difficulty division should be Central, Metro, Pacific, and Atlantic. So I think it should go. Kyle, I think you were looking over my shoulder when I was making my list because my number three Are was we? was talking about the Central in a different aspect. Um, the Central is ridiculous right now. You would think if we have won, what, nine out of ten games, say, you know, say that's a thing for the Predators because it actually is a thing and we're still third. Yeah. Still third. Granted, tied for second, more than likely, with the Jets. But here's a fun fact. Out of the top five teams in the NHL, three of them are from the Central. The Blues, the Jets, and the Predators all occupy top five slots. I'm okay with that. And that's one, two, and three in the Central. If that just shows you how strong the Central is this year, I don't know what. It is going to be... A drop dead fight as always. It is going to be a bloodbath. It's going to come down to last week for seating, and that's nuts because you're going to have you're going to have two probably two really good teams not make the playoffs. And it makes you maybe or maybe even get more than yeah. You might get four or five Central Division teams if other teams start slacking off. I mean, the most we can get is five. Yeah, I mean, we could definitely get both wild cards, but I'm like at this rate, the Central is looking super strong. Across the board, even av- the Avalanche aren't that bad this year compared to last year. It, they are significantly better. They now have those yeah. picks. They now have young talent. Gerard's over there helping them out. They are significantly better. There is no terrible team like the Coyotes, which, speaking of that, they're playing the Oilers tonight, and it's tied right now, Matt. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. So on that note, Matt, what's your number three? Well, I'm going to take us to the Atlantic Division for a second, and who else is hot in their division is the Tampa Bay Lightning. Stamkos and Kucherov combined to be the number one and number two points producers in the NHL right now. And although they have been so hot, they were the first in the NHL, they've actually got dropped down. Now the Blues are number one in the NHL, but the Lightning have still been on a tear. They're current, they've been 6-3-1 and one in their last 10 with notably Stamkos and Kucherov both leading the NHL 1-2 and two in points. Um, kind of like you said, the last couple games, though, we've kind of seen some chinks in the armor a little bit. A little 
cool off, which happens. All hot teams are going to cool down occasionally, but they have lost, I think, two of the last three. Um, so they are beatable, but that pair, they are kicking butt. And if mm-hmm. they stay healthy, they're definitely my favorites right now to come out of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, hottest so, pair in the NHL for sure. So totally agree. That leads me to my number two, and we're going to talk a little about offense league-wide. So if I was to ask you, how many goals do you believe have been scored this season? Just um, give me a number. Total? Like total goals scored this season so far, three? not counting not counting tonight's games. Well, if wow. I'm not counting tonight's games, then I'm very – that'd be pretty specific, but I don't have any idea. As of November 22nd, there was 1,924 goals scored. That includes shootout side and goals. That's up over 12.4% of last season hmm. with an average of 6.1 goals per game. They said there's only one other season in the past 12 years has had more goals to 318 games, and that was 2008 games. Sorry, 2008 goals scored in the first 318 games of the 05-06 season. And they didn't even have to widen the net. Nope, not at all. And you know what I think's causing that? The penalties. Yeah. Yeah, I was literally about to for say sure. I'm pretty confident I know where this is going. Yeah, so here's another fun fact for you. 32 players are averaging more than a point per game, minimum 15 games. Two of your boys are on there, Stamkos and Kucherov. Mm-hmm. Guess who? Forsberg's on there too. He is, but he is um, not on the list of players that are literally getting a point and a half a game. Oh, he's like is, a 1.1. Which is Stamkos and Kucherov. Guess who the third is? You're never going to think of this is. I didn't think about it. Uh, that's Johnny it. Goudreau. Oh, yeah? Awesome. That's 1.55 goals yeah. a game. Johnny Hockey? Yeah, Johnny Hockey. Just like, wow. So that's literally what I had because I was like, wow, scoring you know, was high. You see all the thing going up, and here it goes. So, yeah. So what's your number two, Daniel? Well, not to pick on the Oilers. But... Wait, you did not have the same thing as me? No, I didn't. That's a I shocker. Did. Finally. Nice. <laughs> First time on the list. Uh, I mean, it's got to be the Oilers again. Um, I can't get over it because I think Matt and I both had high expectations for this team. I really wanted them to meet in the Western Conference Finals with the Preds. I think we all had high, high expectations. And uh, last that was year, like, that was that's like what my, I wanted last year was a Preds-Oilers A Western dream Conference. matchup of mine would be Predators and Oilers. Sweet. Absolutely sweet matchup in the in the Conference Final. I almost do not see that happening. The problem is at this point, they are going to have to get hot and they're going to have to stay hot for a while to, to get make ca- up the to gap. just get caught up. Yeah. At this point, you have already played 24 games and there is a significant gap now forming. They are, let's see here, 24 games, 20 points, minus 15 differential. They're eight points out of the third slot. They are going to be fighting for a wild card spot if they cannot really kick it into gear. And the problem is they do not look like they are having fun playing hockey. I alluded to it earlier. They look frustrated. McDavid's frustrated, which should scare you as an Oilers fan. You you don't need your number one MVP of last year who what had 105 points, mm-hmm. 105 points. He is way down offensively this year. It's not even close. He's not even going to reach that number by far. And you just dished out how big of a contract for him? $12 million a year? you got to have concerns as an Oilers fan right now because you're like, what if that one year was an anomaly? I don't think it was just one anomaly. He's having a bad start. But that said, they're going to have to get hot. They're going to have to get hot quick, and they're going to have to sustain it to get caught up. I hope they do. I really like them. But at this point... It's not looking good. It is not looking good. Dry Saddle has to help out some. So, well, Cam Talbot, like I said, he'll put things back together again, and maybe they can just take a page out of out of the Kings' playbook, where they just barely scrape into the playoffs, and then they, you know, maybe make finals conference or maybe win the Stanley Cup. Like the Preds did last season, or the Preds as well. Yeah, you don't have to necessarily be Presidents Trophy winner, but and it doesn't look like they're going to be with how bad they're losing currently. But they definitely need to put it together. They're going to be fighting the rest of the season because you're eight points away from third and you're already a quarter of the way into the season. The The only thing helping them out is they're in the Pacific. They do, have, they do, have, a, they do have a path <laughs> to get to the playoffs very easy. Or not easy, but much easier than some of the other divisions right now. So we'll 
we'll see. We'll reevaluate maybe in another 25 games. But if they're at the current level in 25 games, it's not going to be good. Oilers fans not going to be happy. Gretzky's not happy. McDavid's not happy. No one's happy. So If the great one's not happy, it's, no one's happy. It's so sad, too, because I, I love this team. I love them. They're fast. They're young, much like the Preds in a way. that that I don't know. I like that style of hockey that we're leaning towards. So Well, speaking of the Preds, I have them as my number two. I slotted them there because they really have been on fire, and I know you guys are hitting on it. We've been talking about it all episode, but despite them being number one in the NHL in penalties, they are – Eight one and one in their last ten games. We mentioned the Kyle Turris effect. You've said the numbers. The difference in those numbers is that it is a with Kyle Turris, the Preds are plus sixteen percent scoring on their power play and a plus one point two goals per game average. That's, That's a insane. Huge that one is player. That is yeah. mind boggling. And I think I said earlier, it's not just a one game sample. Now we have several to sample. And it's been consistent. And something else we haven't talked about. I said how they were eight one and one. You guys in the last ten games. That's what you guys are in the last ten games at home as well. Eight one and one. So the home game factor is really is boosting you guys. Well, everybody's known that Nashville is a yeah. really difficult place to play at home. I think the team is part of it, and I think the crowd's part of it too, for sure. So, I guess I'll go into my number one. Let me get it pulled up here. So, and I took Preds for my number one. I believe the Preds are still correct in the fact that protecting Yarncroke was a better option over protecting Neil. Oh, this is the big takeaway for November? This is my big takeaway for November, yes. Okay. The real because deal, Yarncroke. The real deal. <laughs> well, no, get this. People still say that we should have kept Neil over Yarncroke. Okay, so you had Neil coming off a $5 million salary, and you're only paying Yarncroke $2 million a season through 21-22. That's a far cry from Neil's current. Salary, And that's a quote from Chris Martell's article on Fox Sports. So one thing I like about um, Yarncroke is that with tourists being brought in, it opens up more potential for Yarncroke. He's a centerman and a winger who can literally slot between the third and fourth line. Now, he no longer has to be focused simply on the second line or the first because now our two lines are solidified. He literally now can be moving back and forth. And I cannot wait until people just realize that this is a good idea. This is a good deal. Yes, it hurts that we lost Neil. We are not getting him back, and I do not think we're going to trade either. for him. He's the real deal. People, but people been saying that. Oh, we're going to trade for him back at the deadline. No, no, we're we not going not to because he's going to be expecting a payout, and we will not pay. The reason that we point. got rid of him was for that money. Yeah, we needed the cap space to get people like Turris, who and everybody was focused on the fact needed. that Neil's offensive power. Look, we got Turris. Now we have two lines capable of generating offense. I'll take six guys capable of generating offense over one person. And on top of it, it addressed center depth. And then on top of that, it just compounds. You have two wingers who are benefiting from it. It's not just a shooter. I love Neil. I love his hair. He looked great. Oh, yes. It, it, it was it was better to keep Jan Kroc. Totally agree, Kyle. What's my number one? What is your number one, Daniel? Number one is near and dear, close to home. I'm pulling one out of Kyle's playbook, but it was slightly different. The St. Louis game. Pekka records his 45th career shutout, shutout, and this is very significant, and I can't believe we made it through the whole episode and no one talked about it. He took sole possession of the most career shutouts for a Finnish for goaltender a finish. from Mika Kiprizov. Mm-hmm. That's huge. That's like his idol. That's a big deal. Big deal. Hall of Fame. I, I mean... That is a really neat moment, I think, for Peck because that's one of his idols growing up. You got to think now there's Finnish kids growing up, looking up to Pekka, saying, "Oh man, I want to be, I want to be Pekka one day," and that's going to be a kid one day. And he finally has surpassed. He is the, uh, he holds that solely as the most shutouts for a Finnish goaltender, and he did it on the father's trip with his dad. Precious. That's really special. You got you got to admit that's like a story book, oh, like book ending right there. You're like, if I'm gonna hit a milestone like that, which is a league record. I, I mean, that is a sole possession league record, and, and he a does country it, record. Yeah, for a country, and that's big too with hockey players playing for their country. He now holds the whole uh, the whole thing, 
and does it with his with his family there in the box who uh, if you've read some of the backstory i mean growing up in the backwoods of finland like his dad was there uh, it it's a very heartwarming story and for me it's 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 got to be my number one for well, november because because he's now he totally deserves it and he'll only rack up more so we'll see who will be able to top him in the future Soros, no. And you gotta, you gotta think though. He is now some kid's idol that's watching. Yeah, uh, that's what I was saying. He, he surpassed his idol, and he will be an idol for kids now. I think for him, that's very rewarding. I think the last thing that he has to accomplish is win a cup, and you can tell that's like his primary goal now. If he wins that, I think he's gonna be satisfied. And I think honestly, if he wins the cup. Does he retire afterwards? Yes. I, I don't we I don't know if we've ever talked about that. But does he retire this season afterwards? Do you walk off into the sunset on top? We gotta get on top first. I know. But well, I'm just saying that is the that is the last thing, probably, in his in his mind that he wants to accomplish. He wants that cup. And you know he does after some of the articles and the locker room interviews over the last couple of years. He knows he's running out of time. But for him to get this milestone, I was super excited for him. Did it with his family there. Awesome moment for them. Super excited. Congratulations, Peck. All right. Well, that will bring me to my number one. It's something we've talked a little bit about. I couldn't find one totally unique that we haven't mentioned yet, but I will bring <laughs> it back to Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. They, cha-ching, cha-ching. Something we all have rooted for this whole season, and they lead the Pacific, which is incredible. That is an incredible accomplishment right now. I don't care who is in the Pacific. It doesn't matter. Just to lead the division is awesome. They, in their last 10 games, they are 7-2-1, and one, and they have a plus 15 goal differential. They are 9-1 and one at home. That's crazy. The That's only awesome. The only team close is... The Preds. I think we're nine and one now. Nine yeah. and one and it's one. It's all about something. chance. The Gila Monster. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that is the worst mask. Let's not even get off on that side. It's probably one of the most look. I got horrifying, Matt choked up. Horrifying. Yeah. I don't. The kids don't like. No. If I was a kid, I'm not liking that. I'll bring you one tie between Vegas and the Preds. Is that you guys are currently both tied at fifth in the league with 31 points. Not anymore. They got to win. Okay. Well. At the time of this data fake, was fake last news. available. Fake news. <laughs> so I'm excited to see Vegas flourish and do well, and I think we all are for sure. Yeah. I mean, do y'all want to talk about this Chicago game really quick <laughs> while we're at it? Nothing really. We won. Go home, Chicago. Jeez, Kyle. You're a man of many words tonight. Uh, one thing to take away, the Preds scored uh, on the power play again. Nice. Love our power play. Look we have amazing. scored. We have scored a power play goal now in every single home game. That's a pretty solid. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, home record. It's. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's one of those. I guess the crowd gets into it and they're feeling it. And the puck movement was great tonight. Oh, so back and forth we go. Sorry, Forsberg. It's all your fault. Yeah, that was kind of weird scoring on Forsberg and then hearing Forsberg, you suck. When we have a Forsberg on our team. Was, I don't know. I'm sure we shielded his ears and said, don't listen, Forsberg. Yeah, it's not, it's you. not your fault. Earmuffs. It's not you. Hey, he scored the first goal, too. Which was great. Because I know they talked about that happening. I was like, yeah, it actually did happen. Forsberg on Forsberg action. So so before we close the episode down, Daniel, what games we got coming up? All righty. Uh, we have the next game is going to be a home game against Vancouver on the 30th, followed by another home game against Anaheim on the... Second of December. Wow, December. Hey, we already. can uh, we can reach out to our uh, Ducks fan for made on Twitter on that night. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, followed by another home game at Boston. This is a nice home game stand, considering all of our away games. Uh, Boston on the fourth, followed by a quick turnaround to Dallas. That's going to be a difficult game on Which the fifth. I will be at that game. Yes, you will. So Kyle will be live tweeting for us uh, on site in Dallas. 24-hour drive later. Don't hear a Dallas Stars <laughs> chant. <laughs> Dallas Stars. <laughs> Dallas. We're going to make you a sign or something. I'm bringing a sign. Uh, I need to see you on TV, Kyle, because you know how they always pick the Preds fans out on Fox Sports for away games? I'm going to need to see you. So I'll do my best. Be bold. All right. 
that here's a game everyone's been circling on everyone's calendar, and that is the Las Vegas Golden Knights yeah. on the 8th of December. I got to go to this game. I'll be there too, probably. Because it's, like, it's just too good not to go. Vegas is hot still. Who knew? Neil's return home. Oh, yeah. What a great game. That's going to be it because we're actually going to be recording on the 12th, so we'll have a little bit of a break. We won't be recording on a night when, when there's a game this time. That is amazing. That is Well uh, done, guys. That is nice to get out of that schedule, but then following that, we're going to have some away games, which we'll talk about on the next episode. Of Music City Gold. So, hey, if you like the show, you can find us at Music City Gold on Twitter. You can find me at Kyle Hancock. Matt can be found at MattBain31. What? And finally... What? Yep. <laughs> Daniel got a Twitter. Shut up, Kyle. <laughs> Did it just for you. I literally put that in the message. I was like, there, Kyle. Are you happy? You did, and you joined up, and you got I'm us more followers. Contributing. I will do my best. So, so yeah, you can find Daniel now at Drum, which not is- seed, Not Seed and Rum. Yes, not Seed and Rum. ironically enough, the same character, Drum. So Drum, which is S E E. D-A-N-D-R-U-M. Thank you, Kyle. You're welcome, because somebody would have done the seed and rum. Seed and rum. So once again, this is Music City Gold, hosted by Penalty Box Radio. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you on the ice. 